My, my, my. Kirk family singers and Jesse and each of you, Wadia, thank you. Javier, thank you for your leadership in our worship today. Don, as usual. Thursday was the 75th anniversary of the storming of the beach in Normandy, Normandy, France, to interrupt the seeming insurmountable advancement of Nazism across Europe. Against all odds, with a little trickery from Eisenhower and his group. And this week, we did well. We are a nation that has lost our ability in many ways to honor where honor needs to be given. But it was done well this week, and I thank God for that. But it stands as a significant prophetic moment in history one of those history-defining moments that reflects for us in our modern day the reason we are starting today our study in the book of Romans. There is arguably no book ever written that has had a greater impact on shaping the course of human history than the book of Romans. Uh, I'm going to marshal evidence today that will convince you that the book of Romans is the locomotive of the New Testament. And we start today with the theme verse. Turn with me in your Bibles. If you have your uh, Romans journal, please turn with me. It's page 6 in your journal. We're going to be pointing out which page we're on as we go through our study, and I want to encourage you to take notes uh, generously, and I promise you every week uh, notes will be worth taking. If you're traveling and out of town, uh, as you know, we are Facebook live stream, we're also podcast, so in one way or another, you can get what you miss uh, while you're gone, but would encourage you to use this journal Uh, regardless, uh, through our 18-week study. Romans chapter 1, verse 5, page 6 in your journal there. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. That is, I promise you, the theme verse for the book of Romans. Now, if if you're a literary person, you would say, Pastor, if that is true, then it ought to be not only in one place at the beginning of the book, it it also ought to be repeated at the end of the book, and I'd say, good for you, and it is. Turn uh, toward the back of Romans chapter 16 verse 26. It says there, but this has been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, there's all nations, according to the command of the eternal God. Now here's the operative phrase. To bring about 
the obedience of faith. It's the only place in the whole New Testament you will find that phrase, and it's used at the beginning of Romans, and it's used at the end because it is the theme of the book of Romans. Not only is it the theme of the book of Romans, it is the heart of God. This is the season. This is the season of history when everything God is doing throughout the world is contributing to one activity, and that activity is to bring about the obedience of faith among all the nations for the sake of his name. It's the theme of the book of Romans. Now, Paul uses the beginning of the book to introduce himself. I, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. He introduces himself to the church because while he has now been church planting for 10 years, when he writes this book, from 47 AD to 57 AD, he's planted churches all over what was Asia Minor or what is now uh, the area of Turkey and around uh, the Mediterranean. This is, but he has yet to go to Rome. And so he introduces himself. And it, it's almost like Maximus when he addresses Commodus on the floor of the Colosseum in one of our favorite movies, The Gladiator. Uh, you remember that moment. Oh, I just like, I want to take my shirt off or rip it and flex my muscles every time I hear this. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix uh, regions, loyal servant to the true emperor Marcus Aurelius, father of a murdered son, father of a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this world or the next. Oh. And every, every ounce of, of testosterone is going, yeah. I love, this is, this is Paul's moment. Paul's saying who he is. He's, he, he knows himself. And anyone who knows himself and is, and is doing what he was made to do attracts others to him. Well, Paul was that kind of a guy. And here, having 10 years given himself to the task, now it's clearer than it was the day he started what his whole life is about, what this season of, of history is about, what the whole church ministry, what Christ's work on the cross and through the resurrection was all about. And it's all about bringing about not just faith, but the obedience of faith. And not just among a few, but among all nations. And not just obedience of faith among all nations, but for the sake of his name. Next week, we're going to open up what is the righteousness of God. I guarantee you, my friend, even if we've never met before, you either love the righteousness of, of God or you are scared to death by the righteousness of God. But next week, we're going to go there. The week after that, we're going to look at the gospel. 
We're going to unpack this whole thing of the gospel. And how does that fit in to the righteousness of God? Three weeks from today, we're going to open up what is the wrath of God? What does it mean that God silences everyone's mouth and holds us all accountable? What about those who have never heard? What about the the Buddhist, the the Muslim, the Hindu, the Jew? What about the, the, the good old guy? who doesn't know anything about Jesus. What about them? And how, what's going to happen to them? We're going to answer all those questions because that's why the book of Romans is written. Now, if we have discovered the theme of the whole book of Romans, to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name, among all nations. It will run from chapter 1 through chapter 16. Now, I want to give us an outline of the entire book of Romans. And I want to encourage you to, to put this in your margin, in your, in your journal. If you don't, you, you're, you'll still remember this if you're, if you're listening, paying attention. There's four parts to the book of Romans. It goes three chapters, then and those, those three chapters are the, and all of these kind of have a, have a cadence to them. But the first section is the wrath of God. Now while the, the whole book of Romans is about the gospel, and the gospel means good news, The first section, the first three chapters, is all about the wrath of God because in order for there to be good news, there has to be bad news that the good news sits against. These first three chapters are absolutely essential to our understanding of the gospel. We as a people need to understand the wrath of God, and it's the first section, the first three chapters. The second five chapters are the grace of God. This is chapters four, five, six, seven, eight. Five chapters all on the grace of God. Now that section has two parts to it. The grace of God in justification, chapters four and five, and the grace of God in sanctification, chapters 6, 7, and 8. Justification is when, because of the righteousness of God given to us, injected into us, we are born again. We are justified. And, and when you're saved, you can know for certain that you're born again, and when you die, you're going to go to heaven. It's, you're justified. You are made You are given legal standing before God. That's what it is to be justified. But the second half of the second section is on sanctification. It's what gives traction to our lives. So that not only do we have legal standing before God because of justification, we have the power we never had to obey God, which is the the power of God's righteousness given to us, and it's the whole side of salvation known as sanctification. The third section 
are, are often the enigma chapters of the book. Chapters 9, 10, and 11. But the third section is the plan of God. And it's absolutely strategic to the, the whole book. Some people think, well, I love the book of Romans, except I don't like chapters 9, 10, and 11. Well, it's because you don't understand the theme and the way the book is written. It's the plan of God. And the plan was to call Abraham, which he did so that out of Abraham a nation could come, which he did, Israel. So that his son could come, which he did. His son was born in the nation of Israel, so that the son could reach all the nations, which he is. It's the plan of God, beautifully, perhaps more beautifully explained in the book of Romans than anywhere else. Then the fourth section are chapters 12 through 16, and it's the will of God. So, three chapters, section one, the wrath of God. Five chapters, section two, the grace of God. Three chapters, section three, the plan of God. Five chapters, section four, the will of God. Three, five, three, five. Makes sense to me. You like it? I like it. It's easy and it's accurate. Now, if, if this theme of bringing about the obedience of faith is the theme of Romans, how is that reflected in every section? Follow me. Follow me. The wrath of God shows us two things. No one can save themselves. And if they're going to be saved, it's going to be a miracle that only God can accomplish. So section one shows that the only way the obedience of faith will ever be accomplished is by a miracle of God, and that's exactly what we have. Amen. Section two, the grace of God. Well, this is where the obedience of faith launches. It's the righteousness revolution of justification and sanctification and the traction. God did not send his son just to get you to heaven. God sent his son to radically change your life, to bring about in you the obedience of faith. So the second section is all about the grace of God. Section three, the plan of God, is so that you understand that it's not just a self-centered thing that God's doing. As enjoyable as it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ, what God is doing in the world is bigger than you are. It's not just, it, it doesn't revolve around you. Now I'm telling you, chapters nine, 10, and 11 are so important so that we see, wow, I am part of a huge thing that God is doing. It's bigger than I am. He is bringing about the obedience of faith among all the nations. And, and the third section shows how his plan unfolded. That he started with the Jews, but it doesn't end with the Jews. It, it's for the nations. And then the fourth section, the will of God 
chapters 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, that's where the obedience of faith takes traction. Romans 12 begins with the first step of the obedience of faith. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. And everything else flows out of that. We saw six people this morning get baptized. And what they were saying is, I'm going under the water to show that I've been bought with a price. I don't belong to myself anymore. I'm dead to me running my life and to the destruction I was under. But when they came up out of the water and um, six foot six or seven Necromo, I had trouble getting them up, but I've never lost anybody yet. And I got them up as a testimony to the fact that we are raised with Christ. And that's why God expects in you not just faith, but the obedience of faith. God wants to see results. He didn't just call you to give you eternal life. He called you to get something out of you. It's true. He expects obedience. It's the whole message of the book of Romans. And then Romans 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, all go on calling for steps of obedience. All those imperative verbs. Love one another. Be patient in hope. Fervent in spirit. All those exhortations. Owe no one anything except that you love one another. Pray for one another. Uh, don't pay back evil for evil, but overcome evil by doing good. All, that's the obedience that God's calling for. And it's the whole last section in the book of Romans. Are you with me this morning? No, and, 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 I don't want anybody telling me, Pastor, I think we've been in Romans long enough. No, I'm telling you now, if anything, be glad it's not longer than 18 weeks. But don't come up to me and say, Pastor, can we move on to something else? I, I'm telling you, God is on us for this study. I, ha I don't ever remember a time when I felt such conviction on the front end of a new study that I have on this. And I'm going to tell you why. God is establishing something here in Lilburn that is way beyond any one of us. He's establishing something. And the whole purpose of this study is to work with Christ in establishing what he wants to establish. And here's what he wants to establish. He wants to establish a people. A people who enter into the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. We are a church of nations. We're a church of nations. We're a church of nations reaching nations. This is a blueprint for every church, but, but I'm taking it 
not exclusively for us, but as if we were the only ones here doing this. God wants us to, to step up and say, Lord, this is what I want. In my life, in my family, in, in my life group, in my ministry, from now on, I want you to establish in me, in my family, the obedience of faith. Amen. Oh, think for, with me for a moment. Oh, oh, Pastor, I think we've had enough of Romans. I, I'm going to head that off at the pass. I, I'm just going to tell you. Think, think with me about all the incredible verses in the book of Romans. What about this one, Romans 1.16? For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. You, you, you see these columns here? It's just kind of our way of saying, hey, we're studying the book of Romans. They, they, they tried to buy me a, a column for my pulpit. But they couldn't find one strong enough. They were afraid that I'd, I'd bust the thing. That I'd just destroy it. So if you have any ideas, uh, buy us one. I'd love to preach from a Roman column. But I don't want to preach from one that's going to bust up. Or what about this verse, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now that may sound like bad news, but i got to tell you, that's really good news. Well, what that tells you is you're not the only failure on earth. You're not the only one who disappoints God. I mean, that's good news. We need some of that. Or, or what about this one, Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. What about that? Or, or what about this one? Romans 5, 5. And hope does not disappoint because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Don't you love that? Oh, I love that. Pour out your love into my heart, Lord, by the Holy Spirit. Or what about this one? Romans 5, verse 8. God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, or what about this one? At the end of Romans 5, where it says, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. How many of you have ever looked yourself in the mirror and thought, there's no hope for me? You need that verse in Romans. No matter how much sin you got, God's got more grace than you've got sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's right there in the book of Romans. Or what, what about this one from Romans 6.23? The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, what, a, what a promise. Or what about this one from Romans 8.1? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can somebody praise the Lord for that one? No condemnation. No, none, none, none. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What a promise. Or what about this one, Romans 8, 28. For I know that in everything, God works together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. 
Have you ever been in a mess and you thought, I can't do anything about this? But then you remember Romans 8, 28. God can do something about it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Or, or what about this in Romans 8? If God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, that's got a little holy swagger in it, I'm telling you. It's like, well, you think you're so tough if God is for us, who can be against us? Or this one, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. Whoa. Or what about this one? For we know that neither life nor death Angels or demons? Height or depth? Things present, nor things to come, nor anything in all creation is able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Are you kidding me? Oh, take it to the bank. That's in Romans, I'm telling you. That's Romans. Oh, don't tell me to go faster. If anything, I, I hope I have a church full of people saying, Pastor, would you slow down a little bit? We want it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or, 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 or this one. I'll jump to Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, bring it on, Lord. Amen. Yes. Or this one, one of my favorites. It's an overlooked verse. Romans 15, 29. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. Yes. Yes. All in Romans. Hallelujah. And so much more. No, we're hitting on something. And every Sunday, more than just a book to believe, this is a book that needs to take hold. Don't just come Sundays for information. Come for transformation. Come for activation. Come for impartation. You don't get the obedience of faith with information. It takes impartation. It takes, takes activation. For you to become obedient to anything God's calling you into is a miracle. And it requires a miracle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, just give me two more minutes on those words. The obedience of faith. Many think that Jesus is all about faith. But Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, which is obedience. What we are about is not just bringing people to faith. It's to bring them to the obedience of faith. Now watch this. This is so important. 
It's not the obedience of willpower. It's the obedience of faith. Why? You, you, you know, wouldn't it be good enough if it was just to bring them to obedience? No, that's Islam. That's not Christianity. I'm telling you the truth. Islam says submit. Do this, do this, do this. There's no faith. God calls us to faith. And both sides of this equation require a miracle. You cannot bring yourself to faith, and you can't bring yourself to obedience. It takes God. So we are embarking on a journey here today that will take us the next few months through the book of Romans to see God work a miracle in our hearts that each time, each day, we, we, we chew on Romans and go deeper. We're going deeper in the first miracle, which is faith. It's what leads it, faith. But what comes behind the faith is obedience. And that too, along with the faith, require a miracle. Hallelujah. I just, as I preach this morning, it's as much like I'm a spectator as I'm a prompter. I just see God establishing his work in you, him establishing his work in me, him excavating, him removing, him showing me what I can't do apart from Christ, but what I can do in Christ. I see him excavating not only my life, but yours. All for the sake of establishing in you, in me, in us, the obedience of faith for the sake of his name, among the nations. Hallelujah. 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 Would you stand with me? Don and Dan and team, if you guys would come. Can we do Victory Belongs to Jesus? I just feel that in my heart as we end this message this morning. It's funny, I took my watch off when I went to the baptistry, so if I lost track of time, I've got an excuse. But don't, don't head for the doors. Uh, you'll still beat the Baptist to lunch, I promise. Uh, just hold your place. But I want to ask you. Here's what I want. I want to call you. Every, every week in, in Romans, I, there needs to be a response. And I call you this morning to pray a prayer. And here's the prayer. Lord, in our study of Romans... I want you to do two miracles in my life. More faith and more obedience in Jesus' name. Would you pray that prayer? Pray it with, repeat it after me. Lord Jesus, through our study in Romans, work in me two miracles. More faith and more obedience. For the sake of your name, among the nations. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord.
Hallelujah. 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 Lord, impart to us, even as we sing this song, impart to us an infusion, an infusion, Lord, an infusion of righteousness. That commodity alien to us, but overflowing in Christ. Empower us to trust you and to obey you. In Jesus' name, amen.